This is Troy from Morgan, Georgia. I just want to say, all I want for Christmas is the Bucks to beat the Falcons. Go Bucks! Fire the cannon! You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi is made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we are doing over at BucksNation.com. And make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. If you have not already, go back, pause this one, go back to yesterday, listen to the crossover Thursday episode that David did with Locked On Falcons host Aaron Freeman. Absolutely fantastic episode. I thoroughly enjoyed listening to it at work today but there was so much packed into that episode so much good stuff that david couldn't fit it all into yesterday's episode so to start this one off we're gonna round that conversation out play some unheard audio from yesterday's crossover thursday episode a deleted scene if you will that we will be inserting to start off today's show so with that here are david and aaron continuing their conversation about this Sunday's game between the Falcons and the Bucks. Uh, I look at the, the Falcons roster, man, and I know that they're a four-win team, but, but I look across the NFL at other four-win teams, and obviously the Buccaneers have already beaten the Panthers twice. Uh, then you look across to the AFC side of things. I mean, well, you saw the Eagles and the Cowboys, and then looking at the AFC side of things, you've got the Chargers, who the Bucs have already handled. The Bengals are at two wins. The Texans are at four wins. Any of those teams, I would be more confident that this Buccaneers squad could come out with a fairly decisive win against other than the Falcons. When I look at the four-win teams across the NFL, the Falcons, I mean, I still look at this roster, man. Jake Matthews, Alex Mack, Chris Lindstrom. I mean, Calvin Ridley's still got some upside. I actually like Russell Gage quite a bit. I feel like the Falcons would be better off going with a combination of Brian Hill and Edo Smith exclusively over a guy like Todd Gurley. I said the same thing when they brought him in. I mean, Grady Jarrett, Dante Fowler Jr. I've been a fan of. Dion is still one of the most, most athletic off-ball linebackers, I think, in the NFL. Kendall Sheffield's got upside. Isaiah Oliver's got upside. A.J. Terrell's handled himself pretty well. Arguably the most difficult position to transition in the NFL in. And then I don't know if I'm ever going to stop being a fan of Keanu Neal. I mean, I don't cover the Falcons, Aaron. So what's going on with this team? Are they just a bunch of names now that really haven't fulfilled their potential that those names carried? Or is there something they can fix in time to possibly beat the Buccaneers this weekend? Well, as you know, David, and everybody listening knows, any given Sunday, uh, one team can beat the other. But I just think... Given how relatively, I know the Bucs haven't been the most consistent team this season, particularly in recent weeks. But I think given that, generally speaking, the Bucs defense comes to play, their offense can be a little bit hit and miss, but generally speaking, they've been good this season. And I think the Falcons, their issue has been just sort of the disparity. And mentioned it with Julio Jones being out of the lineup when he's in the lineup. You know, they can often look like a juggernaut of an offense when he's out of the lineup. You know, they're just basically out there whimpering like, you know, a a lost puppy. Um, And their defense has been up and down. They've shown a lot more improvement 
since Raheem t- Morris took over, but since the bye week in week 10, they just haven't been great outside of that Raiders game. And unfortunately that that hasn't carried over in recent weeks where they've just kind of been average. So I think to answer your question, yes, they have a lot of names. And and I think that's one of the big hopes that with a new regime taking over, that they can take some of these players that are these name players that have been successful players in past years and get them playing at a, a much more consistent level than not only the Dan Quinn, but now the Raheem Morris Lake coaching staff has been able to do this particular season and in recent seasons. But I think really right now they have more name recognition than actual consistency. And and you mentioned some of these guys, you know, Dante Fowler has basically been, you know, a, a non-factor this year. Yeah, I've heard. Deion Jones has had really great moments where he looks like the Deion Jones that everybody knows and recognizes, but from a, Game to game, snap to snap, uh, consistency basis, he's been pretty average this season. And one of the things I've talked about on Locked on Falcons is sort of his pro football focus grade doesn't necessarily reflect his play, in my opinion. Um, So it's just one of those things where it's like basically Calvin Ridley's good. Julio Jones is good. Jake Matthews is good. Chris Lindstrom's coming on strongly. Grady Jarrett's good. But outside of that, you know, and Young Way Koo's been really excellent this year. But outside of that, everybody's a little bit too inconsistent and and hasn't been quite living up to at least maybe their name value. So I think the hope for the future of the Falcons is that they'll get some of these players to to bounce back in 2021. But I think right now, sitting here today, I'm not overly optimistic, particularly how uh, up and down they've been the last couple of games, that they will be able to figure it out before 2020 is up. Yeah, completely understandable. And I mean... Uh, I've heard some from intelligent NFL minds talk about a lack of confidence in coaching can lead to an abundance of freelancing by talented players. And when talented players freelance outside of the game plan, it doesn't usually go too well. So uh, hopefully the Falcons get this whole thing figured out because I think the NFC South is always better when all four teams are are really just kind of actually, I mean, kind of beating each other to a point where they become weaker for the playoffs. But hey, I don't know. It makes makes for funner NFC South. Uh, competition, if that, if I can Absolutely. use that that made up word there for that instance. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and I I, I look forward to seeing maybe if the Falcons, because they know this Bucks team better uh, than some of these other recent teams that they've faced, that they will be able to play up this weekend and, and at least give me a little bit more confidence that at least whether win win or lose, that they will at least be a little bit more competitive and and be a little bit more entertaining to watch uh, down the stretch. But I'm looking forward to see if they can maybe potentially play spoiler to teams like the Bucs. They weren't quite able to do that against the Saints, but uh, we'll see if uh, they can throw a wrench into the Bucs, you know, playoff seeding plant. Absolutely. Raheem Morris talking on Wednesday, talking about that very topic. And so, you know, if the head coaches out there talking about it, the players are looking to try to do it as well. And we'll see what happens on Sunday. Bucks updates, game plans, and in segment three, we're going to share our bold predictions and picks for which team is going to come out with a win in week 15. All of that coming up on the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, fellas? It's O-Jizzle from Orlando. Just calling to say these two things right here. One, we're talking meaningful football. In December, we're talking playoffs. I'm so excited about that. Now, the next thing I want to say is last three games, straight trap games. I hope we don't fall for the trap. Let's go ahead and let's let's, let's go undefeated in, in, in the month of December. 
and make this thing official and be 11 and 5 going into the playoffs. That's all I wanted to say, fellas. Um, oh, yeah, one other thing. I'm not too concerned about our defense. There was no offseason. I'm not going to trip on them. We're okay. No, we're going to be better next year with our offseason uh, activities. So, with that being said, go Bucks. Back now for segment two, ending the week here at the Locked On Bucks podcast. And guys, coming up on Monday, we will, of course, have our recap of Sunday's action between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their NFC South Divisional foe, the Atlanta Falcons. As always, we encourage you to send in your reactions by leaving us a voicemail, 813-444-5841. But James, right now we're going to get into some more recent news, some good news coming out of the Advent Health Training Center. As the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tampa Bay Times reporter Rick Stroud is tweeting, has tweeted rather, right before we went to recording actually, that Bradley Pinion, Ryan Suckup, and long snapper Zach Triner will all return to practice on Friday because whichever of the three players tested positive, we don't know which one it was, and it's really not that important at this point. But whichever one of them was that, that tested positive, turns out it was a false positive. And the other two were off the team or, or away from the facility, that is, because they were close contacts, obviously all three of them being specialists. So if the one is a false positive, then all three guys get to come back. Big news for them, bad news for Greg Joseph. And then James, looking at the Thursday injury reports, uh, more good news for the Buccaneers. Jamel Dean with that groin injury already recovered from the concussion. Full practice on Thursday for Jamel. So as long as everything goes well Friday and he doesn't aggravate that injury, knock on wood, he should be a go for the Atlanta Falcons. Joe Haig had not practiced on Wednesday due to an illness, and he was a full practice participant on Thursday. Steve McClendon dealing with an elbow injury and then did not practice on Thursday due to a non-injury related uh, situation. Jason Pierre-Paul still limited with that knee. Still probably expect him to be able to go. And then Levante, David, Rob Gronkowski, Donovan Smith, all getting a day off on Thursday. Nothing to worry about there for the Atlanta Falcons side. Calvin Ridley continues to be limited uh, with a foot injury. And then, of course, Julio Jones is the name that we're all talking about. And again, going back to that crossover with Aaron, he really does not expect Julio to be in this game on Sunday, which is only good news for the Buccaneers from a competitive standpoint. Uh, he's still dealing with a hamstring injury. Hamstring injury did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. So unlikely that he's going to be in. Darquez Denard, a defensive back there in the Atlanta Falcons secondary, did not practice for another day with a quad injury, so things not looking so good for him. Safety, Ricardo Allen also did not practice at all this week so far. Caleb McGarry with a personal matter, not at practice still, so if he returns to the team, he will be able to. Alex Mack got a rest day for the rest of the Falcons. They seem to be somewhat healthy. Uh, something interesting, James, is their fullback, Keith Smith, has a neck injury that he's dealing with, was a limited participant on Wednesday, but a full participant on Thursday. Curious to see if the Atlanta Falcons draw anything from the Minnesota Vikings using their fullback uh, to get Dalvin Cook free a little bit. Maybe the Atlanta Falcons do the same to get Todd Gurley some space or Brian Hill or Edo Smith, whoever they choose to go with. What are your reactions to this recent news breaking on Thursday and then the injury reports? Well, yeah, of course, it's it's great news coming out of the Advent Health Training Center because if you don't have a punter, uh, you don't have a kicker, you don't have a long snapper, you are really putting the no risk it, no biscuit mantra to the test because guess what? You're going forward on every fourth down. That's just kind of the position that you're going to be stuck in uh, unless you got a guy on on the roster who might be able to, to get a punt away. But, yeah, I mean, that was – that was a little bit of a frustrating, not frustrating. That's not the right word. Uh, it was a little bit of a, um, you know, worrisome issue for Buccaneers fans heading into this game was losing your three specialists could have a major, major impact 
in a must-win game. So I love to hear that. And then as far as the injury report, love to hear that Jamel Dean is a full participant. You know, that's a guy that they really they needed him back last week. They were able to get a win without him. And then uh having Joe Haig back, you know, the depth you you needed. I mean, I realize Haig didn't play too great in his lone appearance in 2020, but depth is still, you know, a, a key component. And then, yeah, you take a look at the Falcon, the Atlanta Falcons. This is a beat-up team. And no Julio, that's going to be great news for whatever team Atlanta is facing, if, if that's the case. Ricardo Allen, Darquez Denard, you know, you're, you're dealing with issues in the secondary going up against a formidable Bucks receiving core and, and, and tight end duo. That's, you know, it, it looks as though things are certainly trending toward, you know, in the Buccaneers' favor. But – you know, there's still a game to play. They still have to go out there and do it. If if football was won on paper, then, David, we wouldn't have a show. Yeah, we might still have a show. It just definitely wouldn't be that entertaining, uh, to be quite honest with you. But um, So some good news across the board for the Buccaneers, but some interesting news to keep an eye on as they, the teams go through practice on Friday and into the weekend. But right now, James, as is our tradition here on Fridays, we're going to move into our game plans. Last week, I gave the defensive game plan for Todd Bowles. Happy to say that he followed it pretty well. And so this week, I'm going to give the offensive game plan, see if Byron Leftwich takes my advice, puts it in action on the field. We'll see how that goes. But first, let's hear from the Buccaneers offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich. And, um, you know, since Raheem Morris took over that team, their defense has been playing a lot better. I mean, I think they've only given up 20 points, a little over 20 points a game last few weeks. So what do you see that has changed with Atlanta? What are they doing defensively well right now? Well, well for one, they're playing hard. They're playing physical. Uh the guys with their hand in the ground are playing exceptionally well, you know, and that's play, helping the guys on the back end. Uh, obviously, um, you know, throughout the season, things happen, right? Things happen, stuff happen. But what you see on tape throughout the year is how hard these guys play. These guys play hard. This is a good football team we're going up against that, that has played a lot of tough teams well, that has lost a lot of games there right at the end. Uh so this is a team that can easily have a different record. We understand that. We just got to make sure we're ready to play, and we're trying to use this week to get ready to play. Thanks, Byron. Thank you. All right, so that, of course, was Byron Leftwich. Asked that question by Tampa Bay Times reporter Rick Stroud, who is apparently just going to make a lot of appearances on today's show, and that's fine by me. <laughs> uh, Rick is very good at what he does. But going into what this offense can do, what the Buccaneers offense can do against the Atlanta Falcons defense. Looking at this weekend's matchup, so when you look at DVOAs, right, the, the Atlanta Falcons have the 20th ranked pass defense when it comes to DVOA. And then they have the fourth best rush defense when it comes to DVOA. And, and you look at that a little bit, but a lot of people could say, well, you know, how many people are really running against the Atlanta Falcons? What I like to look at when I look at rush defense is not just DVOAs and all that stuff, but it's yards per carry because sometimes, sometimes you have teams that just don't get run on that much. And the Buccaneers are one of those teams. The Buccaneers have, had, have been run against the fewest across the National Football League, 304 carries against them. The Atlanta Falcons are sixth. They've only been run against 319 times this season. And you look at it, the Dallas Cowboys have been run against the most because they've been down in a lot of games almost have been run against 100 times more than this Atlanta Falcons defense has. So you can say, well, that's that's one of the reasons they have one of the quote-unquote better rush defenses. So that kind of gives you an idea of where the Falcons are when teams try to run against them. And then, of course, the Buccaneers are missing Ronald Jones because of that finger situation, that finger injury. Uh, Byron Leftwich talking today about Leonard Fournette 
asked about how he felt, how Leonard felt about not being active last week. Byron saying that Leonard's been a professional. He's been working all week. He's been grinding. Shady McCoy, who was recently on the Michael Irvin podcast. If you haven't seen the article I wrote about that on BucksNation.com, please go over there, check that out, and then listen to the show. Very good conversation between Shady and Michael Irvin. And then, of course, you got Keyshawn Sneak Vaughn, who obviously is in the look to get in the, in the mix a little bit if he can. With Ronald Jones out and such a good run defense represented here by the Atlanta Falcons, you might look at this game and say this has to be a Tom Brady game. And what I would say is slowly roll a little bit because while, yes, the Atlanta Falcons defense has done really well against the run, if you go into a mode, and we've seen it before with this team, if you go into a mode where you're looking at Tom Brady throwing the ball 40, 42, 45 times, this Atlanta Falcons defense, like every other NFL defense in the National Football League, is going to pick up on that tendency. They're going to understand what you're trying to do, and they're going to go completely into pass rush mode. They're going to sell out the pass rush, and they're going to put their defense or secondary into an aggressive mode. And some of those run stoppers, those guys like Deion Jones, Keanu Neal, that are certainly helping in that run defense, are going to start helping just in the pass rush or in, in pass defense, and that's where you're going to get in trouble. We've seen it time and time again with this team. The Buccaneers are undefeated when they don't turn the ball over. How do you help your quarterback from turning the ball over? You keep the defense honest. How do you do that? You need at least a 60-40 pass-to-run split. I'm not expecting the Buccaneers to come out here and pass rush 50-50 like they did last week, James, but that's going to be my game plan for them. Keep to a 60-40 pass-rush split. No more than that. No more than 60-40. If you go into the 65-70% range of Tom Brady passing, then I think you might find yourself in trouble. Some of these young, athletic Atlanta Falcons defenders who have been getting told all season that they're not good enough are itching. Look at a guy like Deion Jones. Finished the Buccaneers season last year with a pick six. He would love to send the Buccaneers out of Atlanta with another pick six under his belt. So that's my game plan. Stick to the run. Maybe not as much. Maybe not a 50-50, but 60-40 pass. No more than that. Make the Falcons defense stay true. Exploit that young secondary that won't have the pass rush help because they have to play honest and use your weapons. Yeah, I want to see the Buccaneers utilize their weapons in the passing game. We know the Falcons can be passed on but you don't want to turn yourself into a one-dimensional team so sticking with the run whether it's Fournette or Shady or or Vaughn you have to keep the opposing team honest for the defensive game plan why don't we go to the expert first and then I will weigh in and uh you know last game you guys seemed to keep you know everybody in front of you I mean there wasn't anything over the top was that sort of that week's game plan or what you like to do obviously every week well, we like to do that every week. Obviously, going into the bye week, you really take a look at it. And we didn't want the ball going over our head. We made a conscious effort not to let the ball go over our head. That was, of course, Rick Stroud asking Todd Bowles about the Bucks not allowing those deep shots against the Minnesota Vikings, which is perfect because, David, that's one of my keys to the game for this Buccaneers defense. Look, my defensive game plan, which, by the way, I appreciate Byron Leftwich listening to my game plan last week. Uh, obviously that worked as well. David, we're brilliant people. You have to be able to, to provide that over-the-top help, and the Buccaneers did a great job of doing that from their safeties against the Vikings, not allowing the deep ball against some very dangerous deep ball passers. Adam Thielen, you know, Justin Jefferson has been just absolutely outstanding, and the Bucs did a phenomenal job of shutting them down. So what the Buccaneers need to do here against Atlanta is do what you do. You provide that help from your safeties and, and help shut down Calvin Ridley. It does not look like Julio Jones is going to play. So number one key in the passing game, shut down Calvin Ridley. 
you know, you have to force someone else to beat you, whether that's Todd Gurley, whether that's Russell Gage, whether that's uh, Hayden Hurst. Yeah, you got to you got to force one of those guys to beat you. Don't let Calvin Ridley do it the way that Julio has done the past couple of years. You utilize Jamel Dean's speed to help cover Russell Gage on on those burner routes with providing that help from the safeties. Send blitzes all day long, all day long. Send them from every angle. We talk about how uncomfortable we've seen Tom Brady in the pocket this year when going up against pressure. You know who's even more uncomfortable in the pocket when facing a lot of pressure? Matt Ryan. You can force that guy into mistakes all day long if you are getting pressure. And, and again, the Bucks did a great job against Kirk Cousins getting pressure. They had pressure coming up the middle from Nacho and Sue. They had relentless pressure from the edges all day long from Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul. What did, what did they end up with? Six sacks and a forced fumble and fumble recovery to seal the game. You do that to Matt Ryan, I promise you he's going to turn the ball over more than just that one time that Kirk Cousins did. Without Julio Jones, there is not a player on this offense that should scare you. Not one. Calvin Ridley's good. He should not scare you as having to be the default number one with the true number one off the field. You bring heat from the jump. You don't give up anything deep. And all you have to do is stick to what you do best. And the Buccaneers defense should have no problem being able to stifle Atlanta's offense. Absolutely. And that goes back a little bit to the game plan that I gave for Todd Bowles last week against the uh, the Minnesota Vikings there. And, you know, again, keep keep the offense in front of you. And that's what Todd Bowles talked about. That's what Rick Stroud noticed and, and asked him if that was kind of, if that was the plan. And I know that, Buccaneers fans hate seeing that soft coverage, some a little bit of that off coverage, and I'm with you. I, I prefer man coverage all day, but on, on the plays where you bring four rushers, you can play better man coverage and you play press. When you bring five rushers, you can still play that a little bit. When you bring the six, you kind of have to play off a little bit and just kind of give your guys the opportunity to break on a, on a quick pass because the pressure is getting home, or at least kind of sit back there and and keep keep the keep the zones closed up, keep the the open lanes closed up so that the quarterback has to hold on to the ball. Covered sacks count, count as sacks just as much as any other sack. And sometimes against some of these less mobile quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins, like Matt Ryan, they count for even more. Because if you've got a guy that that takes a three-step drop and maybe he's five yards behind the line of scrimmage, but then a covered sack happens, maybe he drops back another three, four, five yards. That's how you end up with those 10-yard losses. And that's what we saw with Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. And then you saw, yeah, they put up some points. They had some scoring drives. They got into scoring position sometimes. But let me tell you something, guys. When, when, you're, when you're out there on the field, you're looking for sustainable game plans, right? You're looking for things that your team does that you can sustain and create success with over and over and over again. And let me tell you, if you get to the NFL playoffs and you're holding a playoff team to field goal tries, I don't care if they hold the ball for eight minutes. If your defense keeps an offense on the field for eight minutes and then forces them to try a field goal, as long as your offense is putting up touchdowns, you're going to be fine. That's sustainable game plan. I mean, and maybe it's not what you want to see. It's not as entertaining from a Buccaneers fan standpoint, but the most entertaining thing is seeing Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, and your NFL team hoisting a Lombardi trophy, right? If that's what gets you there, then so be it. So I think that you're going to see a lot of similar things. I think you're going to see more pressure this week because of the absence of Julio Jones, but I think you're going to see a very similar game plan 
this week against Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons offense. So yeah, great stuff there from you, James. We're going to take one more break in this episode and we're going to come back into our bowl predictions, final score predictions on the other side of this, wrapping up the week here at the Locked On Bucks podcast. Wrapping things up here on a Friday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. And look, betting on football doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q. Of course, you all remember him from the Locked On Raiders crossover that David did. But it's your boy Q and it's handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast. David, we got to dive into bold predictions, and I'm going to go a little unconventional with my bold prediction. I told you that pre-show, but you don't know what my bold prediction is. After listening to your to your solo episode Wednesday, which again, I appreciate And then listening to your crossover on Thursday, I heard you say quite a few times that you believe that just kind of the history of this division, the history of the Buccaneers and Falcons, that you could see this being a situation where the two teams split. The Bucs ultimately go 10 and 6. They would make the playoffs, all that good fun stuff. So my bold prediction is not that the Buccaneers, it has nothing to do with this specific Buccaneers-Falcons game. I'm doing a rest-of-season Buccaneers bold prediction, and that is this. Not only will the Tampa Bay Buccaneers not lose a game in the rest of 2020, but their margin of victory will not be less than 14 points for the rest of the year. All right. How, how Um, How do you feel about that? I guess that's a bold prediction for the weekend as well. Yeah, so I'll I'll allow it. I mean, I can give a more specific one, but I wanted to get that out in my bold predictions this week to have it on record for the final three games. If you want a more specific one, I'm more than happy to oblige. No, it's fine because we don't really have time for that. Um, Excellent. So I'm going to get into my bold prediction. <laughs> uh, listen, look at the Falcons and the Buccaneers. You guys know if, you, if you're a regular for the show that I love my numbers. Uh, the Falcons have only one games in which their defense got takeaways. The Buccaneers are undefeated, like I said earlier, when they don't turn the ball over. So, yes, it might seem simple, but winning the turnover battle is obviously a huge part of every game. But when you play the Atlanta Falcons this season, no, they're not undefeated when they get takeaways. But the bottom line is when their defense gets takeaways, they have a much better chance of winning than they do otherwise. Yeah, got it. But with this team, it's a little bit more pronounced than with other teams. That's that's kind of what I'm getting at here. So my bold prediction is the Buccaneers are going to win this game, and they're going to win it by giving – the ball away zero times. The Buccaneers are not going to have any turnovers in this game. The Falcons are not going to have any takeaways this game. And the Falcons will continue to be winless when their team does not get turnovers. Hey, I love that. Love that. All right. Time for those always popular, always spot on, 100% accurate score predictions. The Bucs are heading into this game currently six-point favorites on the road according to betonline.ag, the official betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. And with that in mind, David, and along with my bold prediction, the margin of victory for the rest of the season will not be less than 14 points. I will take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win this game 28-3. to No, I'm kidding. I'm taking the Bucs 34-17. to 
when eight to three would be an entertaining score. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't have the Buccaneers winning this game by that much, but I mean, I do definitely see the possibility. I'm just kind of not going there right now. And I've got the Buccaneers winning 24 to 17 in Atlanta to advance to nine and five on the season and have, I don't know, like a 99, like a 99.29% chance of making the playoffs. They can, they can clinch according to Carmen Vitalia of Buccaneers.com if they win and the Bears and Vikings tie. So come on, Kirk and Mitch. Let's let's get that tie going, I guess. I don't know. But if, if the Buccaneers take care of, of business this week and next week, they won't matter or they don't have to worry about that stuff anyway. Yeah, I would rather the Buccaneers clinch against the Lions. I got a buddy who is a relentless trash talker and is a big Lions fan. So to have well, have the Bucs clinch the playoffs. A Lions fan. Well, he mostly talks trash about fantasy football, which ah, well, yeah, he was a in the first round by his wife, which was hilarious to me um, because his wife is not a trash talker uh, and she kind of shoved it in his face and it was glorious. But I would rather the Bucs clinch against his team than with some fluky tie. But Sean Murphy Bunting would also appreciate that. Yes. Yes, he would. With that, David, we are out of time. So, please, check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you send us your voicemails after the game to 813-444-5841. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. And one more time, if you have not listened to it already, Make sure you go back and you listen to the crossover episode Wednesday with David and Locked On Falcons host Aaron Freeman. Lots of great information there to get you ready for another pivotal game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming up this Sunday. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.